Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my weekly co-host, Marcus Raver. What's up, guys? What's up, Mark? I know you just got back from vacation, man. You got back today, right? Yeah, we we got we left out of Chattanooga this morning at uh, about seven o'clock. Got home, I think around eleven. So, uh, you know, just that's what I told Lauren. We're back in the real world, back to responsibilities. We had a had a few days, just me and her, and nothing that we had to do. Just hung out. Uh, she actually got you know got it for me for Christmas. So, uh, you know, it was my Christmas present. I told her it's probably one of the best Christmas presents I ever got. So just a, a weekend of, of no worries. And coming back from vacation, it's always a great feeling in it. Uh, no. <laughs> honestly, honestly, most of the time we, we left out, uh, Saturday morning and we, we come home. So we, we stayed three days and most of the time after about three or four days, I'm ready to come home either. You know, when we don't have the kids, you get to missing them. And then even when we do have the kids, I just miss home. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm a homebody. <laughs> I get that. It's like we're going to the beach in May and we're going to stay for a whole week. And I know by about day four or five, like you yeah. said, I'm be ready to get back. Especially the beach, man. You get down there, you get burnt, you get, you know, you're just, you're ready to come home. <laughs> oh, dude, with me being the ginger, I'm already burnt. I haven't even been there yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got you, man. Well, hey, you ready to jump into today's episode? Yes, sir. Awesome. Let's do it. So in today's episode, we'll have a review of our week 17 must start must sits. After that, we'll have the Legion of Doom week 17 matchup recap. And then we will end it off with a segment that's entitled the 2021 Legacy of Legends Awards. And so what we'll be doing to end this episode, we'll be giving out some awards for the dynasty year and just some players that we think kind of fit along those categories. So, Marcus, let's jump into it, man. This review of the must-start, must-sit. Obviously, we're not going to do a new must-start, must-sit because the fantasy season is officially over for most people, unless you're one of the weirdos that plays in week 18. I've, uh, I've got, I got one league I was actually I was put out of, uh, but but they do the two-week playoffs, so they're still going. <laughs> can't stand that, man. You're going to have to like, oh, pick up backup players and everything else. I hate it. All right, Marcus, so who was your must-start last week and how did it turn out? Uh, well, as you know, the weekly, I missed it. Uh, but I told you to to start Devontae Parker. Uh, he went four for 46 for eight points, which is not horrible. Uh, but, you know, uh, this being championship week, you wanted a, uh, you know, a good showing. And, uh, and, you know, a little over eight points didn't do it for you. But the promising thing is, and that's what I told everybody, uh, there's it's on and off weeks, but, but Parker had 13 targets. So if he would have, you know, if he had held on to half of those or, or, you know, a little more than what he did, he would have put up a lot bigger week. I think Parker's a big part of that offense going forward uh, next year. Somebody to look at. Uh, I don't think he'll be drafted real high. So it'll be somebody to look at going forward. But as far as, you know, your must start this week, he didn't do it for you. So I just continued my streak. (laughs) I think part of that really doesn't fall on Parker, though, man, too. It looked terrible. I didn't watch the game. That's that's one thing that, you know, e- even in some of these reviews this week, uh, we, we was in the mountains and, uh, you know, I, I didn't do my job. I watched uh, Green Bay Sunday night. Yeah, Green Bay in Minnesota. And I watched a very little bit of the of the Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh game last night. So as far as Sunday morning, Sunday evening, I didn't watch anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Tua finished with two two fantasy points. I and, seen where you called him trash can to us. So. Yeah, you know, uh, man, it's just one of those things. He's so wishy washy, man. And yeah, that yeah. offense, you got to have a strong quarterback. And so, uh, yeah, Devontae Parker you got Jalen Waddle. Uh, they got two really good wide receivers there, and you hopefully gonna get Will Fuller back next year. Yeah, and well, so I seen where and Gaskins was like, what did he have two carries or something like that? Like yeah, didn't do much. anything. Yeah, that offense is it's they're gonna have to get it together. Yeah, but so for my must start last week, uh, I went with Damian Harris against the Jacksonville Jaguars solely based on the matchup of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Damian Harris finished the game with 17 fantasy points on nine carries for 35 yards and two touchdowns. 
the run game was so dominant against Jacksonville that the other running back, Ramondre Stevenson, for the Patriots also finished the game with 22 fantasy points on 19 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I think it's a hit for the first time in a while on a must-start. But for me, if I have either Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris in Dynasty, I'm pretty happy going forward in the next year. Uh, That Patriots offense right now looks like it's going to be a run-heavy offense, kind of like Tennessee, uh, even Indianapolis a little bit and things like that. Um, I expect Damian Harris to be a solid, solid low-end RB2, I would say, Uh, but can have those those really good weeks in any moment. Uh, Marcus, so who who was your must-sit last week? Again, uh, must sit, miss that one too. Uh, Josh Jacobs, as I said, didn't get to watch the game, but looked like he had a pretty decent day, 63 yards, touchdown, and uh, four receptions uh, for for 17 and more yards, uh, totaling 18 points. So, you know, Jacobs looks like he had a, had a good day. So maybe you didn't listen to me, which if you've listened to my predictions all year, uh, you would have known that, you know, our must sits are actually must starts. Uh, so they, uh, you know, they, it, it ended about like I expected it would. So for the, for the last matchup of the year, I, I twisted them up again and my must start was the sit and my must sit was the start. So, you know, I, going forward next year, uh, just listen to the opposite of what we tell you. Yeah. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I will say, uh, you know, uh, we, we actually, you know, talk, give, give Kelby some, some, uh, advice, and both of his quarterbacks finally put up big numbers. So Brady and Dak had a good week on the same week, and it actually helped him to beat you. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's been great. Uh, <laughs> uh, so last week in my must-sit, I told you guys to sit Saquon Barkley during championship week, and I'm not too upset about it. Uh, Barkley finished the game against Chicago with only 10 fantasy points on 21 carries for 102 yards. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, this New York Giants offense is absolutely trash right now. And another honesty take here is that they are wasting Saquon's talents. Uh, I'm going to need them to either make some moves during the offseason and establish a decent offense or get them an offensive line or free my guy, Saquon Barkley. Uh, man, he's, I, he is so talented, dude, but they got to get him. They got, they got to free him. I think that volume there, though, gives you hope because – I mean, the Giants, that's a good organization. Uh, they've got good people in the front office. They're going to make the moves that they need to make to, to get that offense back rolling. And uh, just the volume of 21 carries for Saquon. And, and, you know, him somewhat looking healthy here towards the end of the year, I think it gives you a little bit of hope, again, going into next season, If you know, if they can fix some problems yeah. on that offensive line and, and maybe get a, you know, a sure-up quarterback. Heard a lot of rumors, you know, that Russell Wilson may end up at one of the New York teams. So if you, you know, you get Russ Wilson, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, quarterbacking for the Giants, get that offensive line shored up a little bit. And uh, I think, it, I think it gives you hope as a, you know, if you're, a, you're a Saquon Barkley owner going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, Marcus, real quick question, put you on the spot real fast. All right. All right. So, who is your top three dynasty running backs right now? Because if I was to ask you this question last year, I'm sure you would say Christian McCaffrey, maybe even Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. Who's your top three right now? Man, it would be tough. And I've still – it would probably be at three, but I've still got McCaffrey up there just because he can do he can do things that, you know, no other running back can. Uh, and I'm probably, probably a little different than some people. Uh, and, and I'm high on him because I own him in a few leagues, but I've got Swift, uh, you know, probably up there. I think, you know, he's 22, 23-year-old. He's young and, and can still do a lot. Uh, so Swift would be maybe two. And uh, I really I really don't know, you know, at the top spot. Uh, oh, I know. I got. I, I have a clear answer for number one. And that's that's my boy JT Taylor. Man. Yeah, nope. that's that's probably Jonathan Taylor number one. You know, Najee would be close. I actually yeah. talked to talked to somebody the other day who said, you know, when you watch Najee play, he doesn't look explosive. But man, I just I think he's doing all the right things. Uh, and then of course, I mean, you know, I know he's getting a little older, uh, which I, you said three, and I'm giving you four or five. But I mean, you got. Derrick Henry, who when he comes back from this foot injury, I think he's still got a few years of being really, really dominant. 
you know, before he got hurt, it would have been a no question. He was in the top three. So I think he comes back strong too. So, uh, you know, running back so tough from year to year, that's the toughest position in fantasy, especially in a dynasty league, uh, because their shelf life is so short. Uh, you, You can have people, like you said, like Saquon Barkley for the last two to three years has been top three, no question to, you know, will he even be in the top 10 this coming year? So, yeah, you, you, it's, it's tough to go from year to year with guys holding that. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, probably probably number one, no doubt, because he's young as well. I think he's not but 23, 24-year-old. So, he's still got, you know, three or four years of dominance with that with that offensive line he's playing in behind. Yeah, and for me, dude, my, my top three is actually not that much different than yours. Uh, Jonathan Taylor won by a pretty good bit. Uh, number two, I actually have Swift as well. Really? And I've been looking at a lot of rankings these past couple of weeks, and a lot of people have Swift at number two. Uh, and then number three, I've got it as kind of a tie here. And I would say just right now, Najee Harris and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, if McCaffrey's healthy, I give him the bump as like 3A yeah. to Najee's 3B. Uh, yeah. But the way it's looking right now, I mean, they're just going to get a new quarterback in Pittsburgh, and when they do, I imagine they're going to run through Najee just like they have all year long. Yeah, yeah, and another one. I mean, you you know, again, when they get that offense fixed and get a, uh, you know, a quarterback, and you know that, that that's going to help. That's that's going to do what they need to do instead of running the ball every time. It's Kamar. I mean, as soon as they yep. get a quarterback there, I think I mean, Kamar that, is up that, there. Yeah, Taysom Hill has, has hurt him here at the end of the year and just not having a surefire quarterback. If you look at what he done when he was healthy with Jameis Winston, I mean, he he done, he, he was what Kamara normally is. So, yep. uh, And it still had decent weeks. So uh, there, there's a lot of, of guys that are just, you know, they're not on good offenses that are really good running backs. So Absolutely. Uh, it's And that's – that's something I'm excited to talk about during this all season for sure. This podcast yeah. is just like, hey, who's some players to be watching out for? Who's some players to go ahead and buy the dip on now? And so I know uh, a lot of leagues are finishing up this year or this week, and trade deadlines are about to start opening up. And when they do, man, you got like what me and you talked about earlier. You got to be active and start and start looking to to buy those players now before the hype gets a little bit too real. All right, man, so going in, uh, before we go forward with our matchup recap for Legion of Doom in Week 17, we want to take this time and thank our listeners. Uh, like I said, guys, each and every week, you guys, y'all are the ones that make this podcast. Um, your support, y'all's listens, views, whatever you want to call it. Uh, man, we have a faithful following of about 20 or 30 people. Uh, we're planning on putting this podcast out there a little bit more often during the off season, things like that. Not more often, but more out there in the public. Uh, and so we, we thank you guys continue to rock alongside of us and we'll continue to give you guys shout outs and things like that as well. Actually, uh, I actually met a guy this week and while we was in Chattanooga, we was in one of the, the lid stores and, uh, I was asking him about, you know, we got them hats made and I was like, what do y'all charge to embroider? And he of course wanted to know what was on them. And I was like, uh, well, we actually do a podcast and he used to do a, a podcast. I forget what he said it was about, but. He's like, what is it? And I was like, he's like, I play fantasy football. So he, he said he was going to check us out. So, you know, it's pretty neat to see it slowly, you know, growing. Uh, and and that, uh, yeah, like you said, we really appreciate the people that, that listen on a weekly basis. So Yeah, so shout out Chattanooga Lids guy. That's right. <laughs> All right, Marcus, so thank this next we, podcast for me, man. We'll uh, thank uh, Plowboy Radio uh, podcast, of course. Uh, our, our favorite second favorite podcast to listen to uh derek ben and bradley over there uh, giving you you know good theology uh they love jesus and they love to uh, break down things of the bible and they uh, they break it down in a way that you know the everyday person who doesn't get to spend you know six to eight hours a day like derek does reading the book and and the time that bradley and ben uh, you know get to study they take that time that they have to spend uh, and and learn uh, easier ways to break down things for the common listener to understand. So uh, y'all go over there and check them out. They're always, uh, you know, got some good stuff going on. Absolutely. And the last podcast we'd like to thank is Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, our Legion of Doom league mate, Ben McCarthy, has started a solo podcast about fantasy basketball. And uh, like I say, every single week, man, there's not a single person I know that knows more about the NBA than Ben McCarthy. 
And so he talks about his home uh, fantasy football or fantasy basketball league, excuse me. And not only that, but he talks about NBA trade rumors, uh, players on the rise, things like that. And he'll also give you like top five favorite basketball movies and favorite basketball games and things like that as well. And so there's always a little small fun segment. Uh, Marcus, Ben also wanted me to say that they're in the offseason. He wants to hear our top five favorite football video games. Uh Madden, 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 and Madden. Uh, well, no, it, 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 I thought it, that'd it, be fun to do. It, it will, I guess. It really, though, man. They, you know, when it comes to football, they, uh, they you know, John Madden created a game that that was pretty hard to to. You had the NCAA football, I guess, back from the day, but they canceled it. So, other than those two, I remember. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it. It was an old game that that I played. Come on, take my bow. No, no, I or, played or, it. A little. What was it? NFL quarterback no. challenge, wasn't that one? That that was that was a fun one. But the, yeah, where you could actually do like the challenges. But this one was I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it had John Elway on it, but it wasn't affiliated with the NFL. It was hmm. like other teams. But John Elway had something to do with it. But it, it I can't remember how even long ago that was. It may have been a game I played like on a on a Dreamcast. Uh, for those that that even know what a Dreamcast is, there's younger people thinking, "What in the world?" But there was an old system. Was I don't even remember who made it. Was it? Uh, anyways, it was a Dreamcast. That was the no, name. It of was the- it was NES, and it was called John Elway's Quarterback. That's it. Okay, yeah, that was fun. So yeah, Super Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that 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 really showing my age there. But that was a fun game. Uh, I remember playing it. Uh, hey, man, I got your back. And then Blitz. Blitz, the arcade game. It was pretty fun. I guess we could probably do five. Yeah, we'll we'll do that for you, Ben. I think so, too. All right, man, let's jump into this week 17 uh, Legion of Doom matchup recap. There's not much to talk about here. Uh, so for the listeners that don't know, our home dynasty league Legion of Doom is made up of a variety of people. We have close friends, father-son duo, brothers-in-laws, preachers, and deacons, and the man of the Mississippi Mafia himself, Robbie. Uh, we all got together to play in a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR dynasty league that started back in January of last year now, thanks to the new year. So each week we'll recap our matchups in a brief format that we'll still find enjoyable for the average listener. And of this championship matchup, we'll also talk studs and does of the matchup too. Uh, so Marcus, take us into the championship, man. All right. We got one matchup this week, and it is Kelby's Rock Bottom was a number one seed versus BJ Sweet Chin Music from a six seed. So the season, this is the the inaugural season championship matchup. Rock Bottom looks to finish strong. There's an impressive nine-game win streak that exceeds through the playoffs, extends through the playoffs. His strong wide receiver core of Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle look to lead him to a championship. On the other side, we have the Kamish Sweet Chin Music looking uh, to continue his upset streak and take down the top dog. Will his late season trades for T. Higgins and Travis Kelsey lead him to the title? So let's look at this matchup. The top performers for rock bottom was Tom Brady with 32, DK Metcalf with 30, Daryl Williams with 25, Austin Eckler with 21. Disappointments for rock bottom was Jalen Waddle with only eight and Cordell Patterson with seven. Top performers for Sweet Chin Music was Najee Harris with 29. Aaron Jones with 15, Travis Kelsey with 13, Tyler Boyd with 13. And the top disappointments was C.D. Lamb with eight, Dalvin Cook with only four points, and Tua, Trash Can, Tongavaloa with two points. Uh, the final scores rock bottom 164 over Sweet Chin Music's 103. We want to congratulate Kelby on the Legion of Doom inaugural season championship. And his team is stacked and looks to continue his dominant run going into the 2022 season. It also doesn't hurt that he has the 102 in the rookie draft. Yeah, so uh, that that L in the championship, it was a it was a tough one to take. Uh, and so, especially when you sell your whole future for a win now, and you come up just one play short. Uh, well, what what shocked me too is neither one of y'all was affected. Uh, you had the the Packers matchup, which I guess defensively, uh, you know, it hurts you with Cook, but but all like, uh, well, no, you had Aaron Jones too, uh, but, yeah. but Aaron Jones, Dylan Rogers, Lazard, Adams, all went off, 
and then the Bengals, uh, which was, uh, let's see, you had Tyler Boyd as well. Yeah. I had but, Boyd but and Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. But man, the, the, the Joe Burrow and Chase, like, you know, I figured with that blowout, it would be because of some of those players. But honestly, you know, I don't think I don't think he had anybody from those two matchups. I think he had but, Justin Jefferson, and that was it. Yeah, and he, yeah, and and he still put up Jefferson, like 11, 12 points. He had a decent night, yeah, because uh, that's Greg. Greg went into that. He had a Sunday night and Monday uh, in the church league, and that's that's one reason I paid attention to those games. Uh, he had Adams, Jefferson, and – Jarvis Landry and he ended up winning uh his matchup by two points but he needed them yeah. uh, I think it I think when it was started he needed 47 maybe maybe more than that but whatever it was I was like well you got a chance you know with Jefferson and Adams and uh come down to Landry he needed six points Monday night so uh but nope. those matchups was crazy man this that's what I said to be a fantasy championship they was some some people who had dominated all year but the you know the last couple of weeks, especially from the Bengals, you know put put a lot of people, oh, yeah. uh, you know, upset matchups in. So yeah, so I think just in my own personal opinion, players that were on fantasy championship teams that probably led them to a win. Uh, Jamar Chase's week, obviously. Uh, yeah. Joe Burrow, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, who's who showed out here lately? Dude, my gosh, uh, Mark Andrews. I would say he's been yeah. on a lot of championship teams. Uh, Cooper yeah. Cup, I would say he's oh, up there for sure. What about what about Odell? Yeah, man, I know that's what uh, somebody Had was a saying. Big day. Yep, like I traded him for I think it was Elijah Mitchell in one dynasty league, and I'm not I'm not upset about that. No, uh, but I mean that's one of those players where if you got him, then I mean he's he's a solid wide receiver three right now for your dynasty team. And and I I know we can't get into this next segment. Like I said, I didn't get to watch a lot of uh, a lot of football this weekend. We actually uh, Chattanooga Sunday. I met up with with Kenny from church. Him and his wife went the same time we did. Uh, they they stayed uh, more downtown from where we stayed. But he's like, hey, Carrie's getting a massage. Uh, you need to get Lawn one where we can go play disc golf. You know, one day just kind of hang out one day while we're both down there. And I was like, man, yeah. Well, the massages was at two o'clock their time Sunday. So right in the middle of the, the football games is when we was playing, uh, playing disc golf. And, uh, we, we got out and I, I kind of looked through some of the scores, but didn't pay much attention to it. And, uh, the, the biggest thing everybody was talking about, even in our, our chat was, uh, Antonio Brown. I'm like, what is this oh fool done now? So, I mean, we, we've got to hit on that for just a minute. Uh, what's your take on on the ab situation uh, man honestly i don't i don't even know what to think i'll be honest with you i'm more i'm more of in shock of what happened than anything uh so our listeners and i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you know uh i think it was what the second or third quarter third uh, quarter ab yeah. took off his jersey took off his gloves took off his shirt threw his shirt and his gloves into the stands and walked off the field and pretty much left got the a, stadium Yep, got a plane ride back to wherever. And uh, it's come out since then because, I mean, at first people were, like, I guess skeptics or whatnot and trying to find reasons of why he did it and stuff. I know he could have got a $1 million bonus if he would have got, what was it, eight more catches, Uh 30-something yards, and a touchdown. Uh, But it's come out since then. Uh, I saw it reported, I think, this morning or last night, one, that uh, he said that he was too hurt to play, that he didn't practice all week. And so during the game and stuff, right there at the third quarter, uh, Arians told him to get in, and he said, I, I can't go in, Coach, I'm hurt. And he said, get in. He's like, you're going to go in whenever I tell you to go in. Yeah. And, if, and if you don't, then get off my field. And mm-hmm. so A.B. AB well, took that to heart. And, and another thing kind of behind the scenes, and, you know, I definitely don't have any inside sources, but I've heard a few people talking about, you know, of course he got suspended with the fake vaccination card. And they've already told him, you know, this is like a zero tolerance. You any any bull crap and you're gone. So they was gonna cut him when he but they was gonna make him service suspension and then cut him where there wasn't any chances of him ending up on another team. You know, they figured mm-hmm. it'd already be in the playoffs. Well then, you know, Godwin's out for the year. Evans was kind of hurt, Gronk. So when he got done with the suspension, they didn't cut him because they needed him. Well, of course, you know, if I've heard that, he's heard that. And I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, the dude comes back 
And he, like you said, he's already playing through injuries. And then, you know, Bruce Aaron's like, get in or get out. And he's like, dude, y'all was going to cut me in. The only way, only reason y'all didn't cut me is because Godwin goes down to a season ending injury. Yeah. Y'all need me. So, you know, I, mean, I think the, I think the biggest I'm, takeaway I'm is, <laughs> the, I think the biggest takeaway is that Antonio Brown pretty much gave a big middle finger to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially what happened. Uh, I don't think we'll ever truly really know why no. it happened or whatnot. And it's just a bunch of rumors and hearsay and stuff like that. Uh, all I know is he was, it was sure enough, one of those, take this job and shove it moments. Yeah. That's, that's what everybody said. You know, everybody wants to quit a job like that. You know, you dream of going into your, your nine to five and just you know halfway through the day been like, you know what? Peace out. And, oh, and, man. you know, AB done that on national television in the middle of an NFL football game. So, hey, you know, man. I, he got, he got I'm not saying I, for it. I'm not saying I agree with what he done, but you got to give the dude a little bit of credit. So I mean, he's, you know, Oh, yeah. he, he's he's got balls to just walk off the <laughs> field like that. Oh, did it crack me up? Uh, so, anyways, going into this last segment real quick before we end things for the night, uh, we're going to go over our 2021 Legacy of Legends awards. And so, I think we can, we can all agree that the 2021 fantasy season has been a really weird one. Speaking of Antonio Brown, uh, it's been full of players underperforming, players battling injury, unexpected trips to the IR, and unforeseen COVID outbreaks. Uh, however, here at Legacy of Legends, we want to focus on the positives of the 2021 fantasy football season and celebrate the players who helped lead our teams to fantasy victories. We'll also have a couple of awards for players who didn't quite meet their draft capital and disappointed fantasy managers. So, Mark, let's take a look at these awards that we'll be covering today. Uh, first, you have the best waiver wire pickup. After that, you'll have the biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, biggest riser in Dynasty, biggest faller in Dynasty, and then we'll have our QB, RB, wide receiver, and tight end of the year. And then to end it up, we'll have the rookie of the year followed by the fantasy MVP. And so we'll each give you a name of who we think our winner of each of these awards is. And honestly, it may be the same name in a couple of categories, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, we'll give a short one to two sentence reason for why we chose that player, and then we'll just keep moving on. So, Marcus, going first, best waiver wire pickup. Now, when I say best waiver wire pickup real quick, this award is for the player who was added by managers through the waiver wire who helped lead them to fantasy victories. This player is one who uh, who, uh, played through the season who has now established some sort of dynasty value. So who do you have here? Uh, Mine is is a little unconventional, uh, but to end up where he was from what he was supposed to be, uh, was Corderell Patterson, who, you know, of course, is a wide receiver that was playing for Atlanta this year that nobody thought would end up. I don't know exactly where he ended up, but I, it was somewhere around the running back eight for the year. Uh, you know, Patterson won a lot of people, including uh, – we was talking about Greg earlier in a redraft league, but but including Greg, <laughs> uh, he ended up winning the, his, his fantasy championship with Patterson. I know several other guys who got – you know, deep or, or in the playoffs or one, uh, because of what he done. And, you know, somebody at the beginning of the year who went pretty much undrafted in your fantasy drafts, uh, Patterson, you know, the production that he put up, which was on a team who needed help in any way they could get it. Uh, so I, you know, Patterson's going to be mine, uh, for, because of what he done, uh, I don't know, like, this is definitely not the highest riser in Dynasty because, I, you know, I don't think he's going to do it again next year. Uh, but as yeah. far as the waiver wire pickup for the year, these that's definitely mine. Absolutely, and I get that. Uh, man, he's about one of the only bright spots in that offense besides Kyle Pitts. And so, I mean, that's just like we said, nobody, nobody expected Cordell Patterson to be what he was this year. A top 10 running back. <laughs> yep. And so uh, for my biggest waiver wire pickup, I'm going with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, in most leagues, this six-round pick running back was added either uh, after the rookie draft in Dynasty. He may have been selected super late in the rookie draft, or he may have been even added a couple weeks into the season via redraft or even some Dynasty leagues. Uh, but the biggest thing that I see here, man, is that Elijah Mitchell still sustains his Dynasty value as he's currently ranked around running back 25-ish. And he'll honestly probably continue to be the 49er starting running back going into the 2022 season, even with Raheem Mostert being, I think he's an unrestricted free agent next year. And so with it, I know uh, Elijah Mitchell got a lot of people to playoffs. The only reason that I was kind of sketchy about putting him here is 
is that he didn't really do much in fantasy playoffs. Uh, I think he was out weeks 15, 16, maybe even 14, and then came back week 17 and put up 21 fantasy points. And so, uh, man, with him, he's somebody that if I got on my team as like a depth piece, as like a running back three, running back four, I'm pretty happy about it. And I know a lot of people ended up getting him off the off the waivers this year, super late in draft picks. Yep. All right. So going into our next award, Marcus, is the biggest surprise. Uh, basically, what we mean here is just a player that was either drafted late and not expected the fantasy output that this player delivered. Uh, they outproduced their ADP and helped fantasy man- managers in multiple games. And so here for my biggest surprise, I'm going with Debo Samuel. Uh, going into the season, most dynasty rankings have Brandon Ayuk ranked higher than Debo Samuel, and they actually projected Brandon Ayuk to be the wide receiver one for the Niners. In most startups last season, uh, Debo Samuel was drafted as late as a 10th round and pretty much written off there. Uh, however, Debo's dynasty value has skyrocketed as he's ended up as wide receiver three on the year and looks to continue his dominance next season. So, Marcus, real quick before you give your, your biggest surprise here, where do you see Debo at in your dynasty rankings? Do you see him as breaking through the top ten? Uh, it's going to be tough. I've probably got him outside of the top ten, but but not very far at all. Uh, you know, and, and I know that's, you know, probably not where he needs to be, but I did see towards the end of the year, especially with, with Lance in at quarterback, it kind of trending back towards Ayuk. And I'm not saying that Ayuk is going to overtake Debo, but I do think it'll be enough of a share that he's not going to be that sure stud. Uh, you know, yeah. like Ayuk is too good of a player not to take some of that away from him. And I don't know why it takes Ayuk into halfway and deeper through the season, just like he done last year before he gets going. Uh, but but when he gets some chemistry down, when they get a quarterback, which I think is going to be Trey Lance going forward, uh, you know, I, I just feel like it's going to be more of a split there. I, and I've still got him right there. Probably I would say it would even be 10 or 11, uh, just yeah. right, right there at 10, maybe right outside. And the reason being is because, you know, IU's going to shoot up shoot up the boards uh for me because he the, again at the end of the season proved that that he is you know the future in san francisco yeah. he's just got to get that that chemistry with the quarterback and in, in my opinion uh and and he's going to be rolling so yeah i agree with you and debo samuel is one of those guys where like i'm super excited to have him as a wide receiver two in a league Absolutely. not that not that excited to have him as a wide receiver one that, and that's me i guess when you ask you know if I want him as my, you know, I look at, and, and I, these guys didn't have the year that he had, but you know, you look at like an AJ Brown, a, a DK Metcalf, uh, uh, Cooper cup, even, uh, uh, you know, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, maybe even still, you know, you look, those guys are who you're looking for at your wide receiver one, not really a Debo. And he, you know, he could come back and do it again next year. And then I'll be eating my words, but, uh, I think he's a, a great, you know, wide receiver too, just not, just not maybe in that top 10. Yeah. If, if so, right there at the back end, you know, maybe even 11 or 12. So in a 12 man league, maybe still a wide receiver one. Yeah, I get that. So who was your biggest surprise this year? Uh, I've got Tom Brady. And I, you know, I say that all, not necessarily just in fantasy, but, but if you look at the year he had, uh, if you look towards the end of that season last year, Tampa Bay, you know, they relied a lot on the run game, a lot on the defense, and nobody expected Brady to come out and be a top five, you know, fantasy quarterback. Uh, I know in several drafts he went in, you know, ninth, tenth round. Yeah. Uh, you know, even in some of the, even in some of the, you know, the two quarterback super flex leagues, he was going as late as, you know, six and seven. And uh, I, I think in our redraft league, I forget who even ended up with him. Uh, but, but he went late, like into the rounds, 12, 13, and because nobody expected him, you know, to continue doing what he did, you know, mm-hmm. what he done this year at what, 44, 40, is he 45, 44 year old? I think he's 44. Uh, you know, I'll check. 44. I mean, people's like, he's just passed his prime and Brady continues to show each year. Uh, not only is he a great quarterback and, and a Super Bowl caliber, you know, quarterback each year. Uh, but he proves in the fantasy world that he's going to continue to put up big numbers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's hard to say that Tom Brady's a surprise, but, you know, honestly, for the, for the you know, the expectations that people had of a 44-year-old quarterback, I can remember when Favre was playing at that age, 
nobody was looking. You know, Favre didn't end up top five fantasy quarterback for the year. <laughs> yeah. And I, I looked it up. Brady's 44 years old. 44. And so, like you said, I think uh, he won a lot of Superflex leagues being people's RB, or excuse me, being their quarterback too. Yeah. Uh, however, he was playing like a quarterback one. Oh, uh, absolutely. All right, so let's flip off this award, Marcus. Instead of our biggest surprise, who's your biggest disappointment? What I mean here is, like, who's the player that was drafted early but pretty much just pooped the bed? Uh, players that busted from their ADP and underperformed throughout the year, which may have ended up leaving them either being placed on the bench or even dropped by their fantasy manager. Who you got here? You know, this guy's definitely not dropped and and definitely not. He was on the bench, but it was because of injury. And this is this is tough to say, but, you know, Everybody had Christian McCaffrey as the 101, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. And uh, to me, he was just a disappointment. We've seen this with his health coming out. I hope the guy can get healthy because uh, he's a league-changing running back. Uh, uh, you know, if he's on your dynasty team, uh, you know, going forward and you know that he can stay healthy, you're tickled to death because he's a, he's a league winner. Uh, but ultimately, you know, because of his health, uh, he, he was a disappointment. I actually took him uh, the only only league this year. I had the 101. I took Christian McCaffrey, and it come back to bite me in the butt. So, you know, for me, uh, he he would be my di- biggest disappointment going from, you know, a 101 to, yeah. to somebody who I don't even remember. I want to say he completed what may have played seven, eight games this year. And, and no, half I of those. I want to say it was yeah, three or four. Three or four. Yeah, I knew it wasn't many, and he didn't play complete games and a few of those so well, and that's that's the thing man I don't I don't know a single person that had the 101 in a one quarterback league that made that, it to the championship game yeah because they I mean they all took you look at the, yep. the top two or three like you said Barkley and uh, McCaffrey and and people like that uh that that ended up you know just not producing it's hard to get there when when you got that 101 102 and you take guys like that and your next pick you know, is the 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 two twelve. Uh, it's just it's it's tough. I really expected you to go Mike Davis here, Marcus Angola. Well, Ben Ben <laughs> actually uh, Ben has a lot of requests, which I I man I love that. I wish more people, which we've we've had some input, but I wish more people would would come up because Ben he had another another idea that me and him talked about a Friday night, I believe it was at our at our New Year's Eve thing at at church, and he's like, I want y'all to do y'all's what I forget the word he used, but like your, your hate team, like he wants you to pick a, a, you know, a fantasy lineup of a quarterback, two running backs and all that. And I was like, okay. He's like a, the team, just the players that you hate the most, like your biggest. And I was like, he's like, I just want to hear you talk more about Mike Davis this year. And I told him, I was like, <laughs> we actually done our fantasy. And, and one of those was, you know, the biggest disappointment. And uh, I said, I'd already had this typed out. And I said, I probably should have went with Mike Davis there. I said, because just for me personally, because I drafted him, I think I was in seven leagues this year and I drafted Mike Davis, maybe in six of them. I know in five. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that y'all are probably right. I just, I'm sick of talking about Mike Davis. <laughs> hey man, I get it. Well, look, you mentioned one of uh, my biggest disappointments just a second ago, and I got to go with Saquon Barkley. Uh, he was often drafted as the running back three to five running back off the board in dynasty startups as he just finished, uh, but he just finished the season as the running back 32. So, Marcus, I'm going to read you a list of other running backs that finished ahead of him, okay? Devontae Freeman, Michael Carter, Elijah Mitchell. Now, you know, those running backs are okay. But listen here, Tony Pollard, backup running back to the Dallas Cowboys, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, A.J. Dillon, and even Daryl Williams. And so most of these running backs were either drafted late or some of them were even added off of waivers. And so I don't think it's a talent thing for Saquon, like I said earlier. I think it's just the offense is falling apart and they need to rebuild. But my thing is, man, a lot of teams wasted their third, fourth, fifth pick of the first round to get a RB3 for their team. Uh, And, man, it's tough and it hurts. But at the same point, like you can't, you just got to make moves, man. Uh, like as of right now, you can't treat Saquon Barkley as your as your RB one. Uh, if you do, then you probably need to make some moves to get a little bit more depth or get you some more pieces to where you can feel confident starting other running backs. I uh, agree. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you you don't want, especially in a dynasty league. I mean, if that's, you know, no, and don't give him away. But you you don't no, want, absolutely. You know, if that if that's the you know the the stud of your team, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is you you probably have to hold him at this point. Uh, because I I ended up I drafted him in the Yellowstone League and he was my RB one. I had him and Javante Williams and like Chris Carson and some other people. Well, I finished the the season with DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, and now Saquon Barkley is my RB three for my team. And so with it, like I'm happy about that. You oh know? yeah. Uh, but now if I just had him solely as my RB one, I wouldn't be too ecstatic. Uh. All right, so moving to our next category, it is Biggest Riser in Dynasty. Uh, this award is for the player whose ADP has skyrocketed since before the draft. Uh, because of their stellar performance this season, this player's position in Dynasty rankings has elevated to a spot where they are now among the fantasy elite. And so, for me, somebody that nobody had inside their top 10, maybe even their top 15 to 20 wide receiver Dynasty rankings, was Cooper Cup. He's a 28-year-old wide receiver that just finished the season as wide receiver one overall. His dynasty rankings should be adjusted appropriately, and he should be in your top 10 dynasty rankings, very, very close to top five. Uh, Despite his age, he's still a solid wide receiver one going forward for your team for the next two to three years, easily. And so with this, man, I know Cooper Cup was written off a lot. I saw a lot, a lot of uh, leagues where he ended up going off the board as people's wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And so I know like even Robbie in the, in the redraft league we did for the zoo, uh, he ended up with taking Justin Jefferson and I want to say Debo Samuel, maybe even ahead of Cooper cup. And so with it, man, you know, you, you get it here. And so as far as the biggest riser, he probably went from the thirties wide receiver dynasty rankings all the way up to like almost top five. Uh, an honorable mention real quick is Amon Ross St. Brown for me who was drafted around the third or fourth round in rookie drafts this past year. Yeah, because of his late game performances and him dominating defenses, he should be currently sitting around your wide receiver 25 to 30 range in dynasty rankings. He's a solid, solid wide receiver three for your dynasty team. Yeah, that's – we. I was actually – my wife who, you know, she doesn't know a ton, but she loves to watch football, and she's not been as big in the NFL as she has lately uh, uh, in the past. You know, she she kept up with it like I did. Uh, her love for the game, I guess, kind of kind of fell with with Peyton Manning retired. But we was actually talking about you know what offenses needed a quarterback, and she mentioned Detroit. And I said, you know, they they can they can produce with golf. Uh, I could see them going after you know a younger quarterback too. But uh, that's what I told her. I said, you know, once they get completely healthy with Swift healthy. Uh, Williams is, you know, as as their second running back, Hawkinson, and then you take some of these young receivers that they've got along with with St. Brown. Uh, that offense is is going to be, I'm not going to say explosive, uh, but they're they're going to be they're going to score touchdowns next year. They're going to put up some points. Uh, I think they've got a bright future ahead of them, which is Detroit. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but fantasy wise. <laughs> There's a lot of talent on that team. You know, there's there's a lot of fantasy players on that team that's that's gonna put up big points. Yeah. Uh, with, with golf, with golf missing a couple of games this year, I imagine they go out and get a murky quarterback with their, I, their I think first they round will. picks. I I think they will. And and uh, you know, especially that they get the right guy in that offense and it's it's gonna, you know, like I said, I'm definitely not picking Detroit to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, sure. they're, they're gonna turn it around and they're gonna put up some points. Yeah, absolutely. So who was your biggest uh, riser in Dynasty? Mine was not a guy who I would say went inside your, you know, your your top ten. Uh, but he definitely moved a long way. Uh, and that would be Hunter Renfro, who, like you said, uh, you know, with, with Cup was a guy who was drafted really late. Definitely wasn't drafted as anybody's wide receiver two or three. Uh, but with the, the situations that's happened there uh, in Vegas, I, I look at him, you know, when Waller gets healthy, still being their wide receiver one uh, target-wise. You know, Waller as a tight end is probably going to steal a few of those targets away. But with the situations, you know, in Vegas with with Ruggs, uh, he's definitely moved up everybody's draft board next year. Uh, you know, that's going to be a guy that, that people's going to be drafting as a wide receiver too in fantasy. Uh, you know, because going forward, he is he is the guy on that team. And I don't look at the Raiders at their draft stock that they're going to go out and go after another big name wide receiver. They've got too many other holes to fill, you know, on yeah. that on that team. 
but then now the Raiders are the Raiders. Uh, me and Ben also talked a lot about that. You know, my Packers are not known for drafting the, the smartest and the Raiders uh, are not either. They could go out this year with their first pick and, you know, and take another wide receiver. So, uh, but, but I don't look for them filling that hole. So I look for, for Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, to be, to be, you know, a fantasy stud, uh, for, for many years to come. And I also look at, at the Raiders doing the same as, uh, looking elsewhere. I don't know if they go to the draft. I don't actually even know where they draft, where they're drafting at this year. Uh, but I look for them maybe in free agency to to maybe try to add you know a, a backup to car or maybe even you know somebody who could take car's job so oh, well uh, car's going to free agency this year he is that's right he's his contract's up so yep. they're definitely you know if they get the right quarterback in there it, it could be the same thing uh but but renfro was somebody who probably wasn't even mentioned in a lot of fantasy drafts to somebody who will be drafted really you know in that in that top you know maybe 20 to 25 this year yeah all right, Marcus, let's do the opposite of this. Instead of your biggest riser in Dynasty, who's your biggest faller? What Man. I mean by this is, like, in the offseason, where were somebody at in, like, ADP is kind of higher than where they are now, and their value is just plummeted. Yeah, no, there's no doubt when I, you know, when we read this, you know, in the show doc, uh, CEH for me, uh, I've never been really high on him, but he was a guy that everybody jumped all over. Even, even, you know, was, was drafted as a lot of people's RB one. And, you know, to me, this is not even the guy that I want on my team anymore. I don't know. I think he's talented. Uh, you know, that from watching him in college and seeing what he done, uh, at Kansas city, but there's some reason, uh, just like, uh, you know, I think he's back, you know, to me seems to be pretty healthy and they've went to, to Derek Gore a lot, uh, and, and Williams, so I don't know if there's just too many other people there, if, if he doesn't have a good relationship with the people in Kansas city or what, but they are not using him, uh, like they should. And for me that, you know, that scares me to death. Uh, and Andy Reid's always kind of been that way with his running backs. He's either got that one stud that, you know, never comes out of the game or he's got three or four people that he's using, you know, as a committee. So, uh, you know, he's definitely somebody who's fell way down my draft board, and I'm going to say everybody else's as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know another running back I'd probably throw in there is probably Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah. I just – I know people were skeptical after the draft last year when them drafting a um, guy who was a Gainwell. And, uh-huh. uh I want to say another rookie as well. I can't remember who it was. They're going to free agency and getting somebody. That's what it was. Yeah, Jordan but, Howard. Yeah, but even with that, man, like, Sanders and CEH, I think they're decent RB2s for your team. Uh, but the biggest thing is they're probably not going to win you a week. Um, no. their, their ceiling's maybe 15 points, in my opinion. Uh, I know CEH just produced a game a couple weeks ago with two touchdowns for like 25 points. Yeah. But that's that's not a, a realistic opportunity for him every single week. No, because he's never going to get the carries, uh, you know, around the, around the goal line. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that week he had two, one of those was receiving touchdowns. Uh, it was, and and that's the thing, man. When when you think running back, uh, in fantasy, you definitely don't want a guy who they're pulling out in the red zone, uh, and that that's tough because there's a lot of teams that they got that third down or that that red zone, you know, running back. Uh, but uh, Ceh is just not a guy that that I'm going to put a lot of stock in. Yeah. And so my biggest follower in Dynasty is actually Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Uh, for most Dynasty managers, they were excited to have Robinson as their wide receiver one or two going into the 21 season. Now he's lucky to make it into a lineup. Uh, I had the opportunity to add him in a Dynasty League the other day, uh, just in free agency. Somebody had actually ended up dropping him because of a short bench. Uh, but I had a hard time figuring out who to drop. And because of that, I ended up just leaving him on the waiver wire. Um, that offense in Chicago is honestly just bad, and it doesn't look to get much better with Matt Nagy there. Uh, they would have to get rid of him before I'm at a point where I'm excited to have Allen Robinson in my starting lineup again. So, so BJ, the the season, the regular season's over uh, Sunday. Uh, there's not a Monday night game, I don't think. How long into that next week is it before they announce that Nagy's fired? All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm gonna say you don't get fired. Man, and if they don't if they don't get rid of that dude. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, the reason I say that 
is because he has some voodoo magic or something there in Chicago. And I don't know if he's a really likable person in person or what, but I, I'm going to say that he should get fired. Absolutely. And I don't but, care if you're, I don't care how likable you are. I don't care if you're Mr. Rogers. If you suck that bad as a coach, I don't want you coaching my, you know, my favorite football team. But Uh, it's also the Chicago Bears, and they do stuff very, very unconventionally. And so it would not surprise me to see them end up keeping him for another year and then firing him halfway through the season. uh, Yeah. And see, to me, that's crazy. Get rid of him. Go out and get somebody. Exactly. I mean, you're trying to start fresh with, you know, young quarterbacks, young players, young talent, but yet. You, you keep, you know, it's what I said for years with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, which I'll be honest, as a Packer fan, I don't think Mike McCarthy is the answer either. Uh, but with Jason Garrett there, they just kept letting him hang on. That Dallas definitely didn't look as bad as Chicago. They was right there around the playoffs every year, but every, they couldn't get over 500. And if they did, you know, they, they got put out of the playoffs early. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it was the same case with, with who was it, Jeff Fisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always said he was overrated, but the Titans just kept hanging on. Like, maybe maybe it's next year. Well, then you he know, went to the Rams and did the same thing. He did. He did. Uh, you know, I, I just – you've got to move on. Honestly, in the NFL, and I know, I mean, the only one team wins the Super Bowl, uh, but you've got to produce. And then them low-end teams, a lot of people think, well, they don't give them coaches but two or three years. But if they hadn't to figure it out in a couple mm-hmm. years, move on. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that, and there's, there's only a few, you know, you've only got, I'm going to say in the NFL, you've got 10 coaches who are established. Uh, and, and that's one reason I don't like them jumping back and forth. You know, if a guy hadn't done it in a couple of years and he hadn't done it in between two or three teams, then go hire offense coordinator and give him a shot. You know? Yeah. I know right now they're saying that, um, God, what's the offense coordinator's name for Dallas is like Kellen Moore or something like that. Yeah. 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 And they're saying he's interviewing for the Jacksonville job. Uh, it's, it's just like what I said with that. When they hired urban Meyer, that was not the answer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he comes in training camp as much as I love Tim Tebow, you know, the dude cannot play tight end in the NFL. He couldn't play quarterback no. in the NFL. And, I mean, you're just – I don't know. He's trying to pull tricks. And that's my thing. You know, everybody goes for a name. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer. Oh, he won national championships. But that doesn't matter. You know, you got to you gotta get the people that's equipped for the job. So, All right. So, moving into our positional players of the year. Uh, I think with this, we can honestly just kind of talk about what our categories are, and then we can kind of roll through these. Uh-huh. All right, so we have our quarterback of the year, running back of the year, wide receiver of the year, and our tight end of the year. Uh, basically, these are just positional players who are the best at their position. Uh, you can factor in where they were drafted at if you want to in their fantasy production at their draft price, uh, but you don't have to. And so I'll go first. Uh, my quarterback of the year was Tom Brady, the GOAT. Uh, he finished as the quarterback three in Legion of Doom. But the 44-year-old quarterback continues to produce quarterback one numbers and looks to be on his way to another playoff run, despite losing Chris Godwin for the season. Uh, Me, personally, I've learned over the past couple years to never doubt Brady, uh, especially whenever it seems like there's no possible way for him to win. And so even with losing Godwin and Evans looking banged up, losing A.B. and things like that, I still see him making a pretty deep playoff run. Uh, Marcus, who was your QB? Well, people's going to call me a homer, uh, but Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers missed a game due to COVID, and he also had a one-point performance uh, week one, and he is only 50 points, right around 50 points behind Josh Allen. Uh, you can say he missed two games with that with that one-point you know point performance, and I still say he was proving a point to the Packers that, hey, you know, if you don't want to act right, this is what I can get you the rest of the year. Uh, Josh Allen was drafted in, uh, you know, in, in, in the first round, Rodgers was drafted in the ninth round, uh, or the Allen was drafted in the second round of our, uh, draft and Rodgers was drafted in the ninth. Uh, so, you know, if you look at a, a seven round gap in between your quarterbacks there, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, and, and of course I'm a Packers fan, but I think Rodgers, uh, Again, if you look through these playoffs with the numbers he's put up over the last three or four weeks, he's won a lot of people, uh, you know, play it. People who drafted uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you know, people like that 
to where the guys who waited later rounds and got Rogers, even though they didn't know whether he was going to come back, you know, he was talking about retiring. So they took a chance. Uh, but Rogers was a league winner uh, when it comes to people who waited until the seventh or eighth round to draft those quarterbacks, uh, you know, went positional, you know, the running back wide receivers first tight ends, and then waited on a, on a quarterback and snatched up Rogers. And if you, as you said, uh, this, I said the same thing. It was, it was a close one with Tom Brady, uh, because both of those was guys was drafted so late, uh, but turned around to, to win people leagues. So. Yep, I could agree with you more, man. Uh, I think those are two of the most underrated running back, or excuse me, most underrated quarterbacks the past year, and you know, especially in Dynasty. Uh, so, who was your running back of the year? Uh, I think me and you agreed on this one, <laughs> but Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, uh, no doubt. He, uh, I, the dude, I don't know if he had a week where he where he didn't have a good performance. Uh, and, and there was several weeks throughout the year, uh, to where he done just that, put up 30 and 40 points and, and one new weeks. Uh, so if, you know, uh, there's no doubt, nobody was even close to him to, to, you know, being the, being the running back of the year in fantasy for me. Yeah. I think the only thing to kind of make note of here is that, like you said, nobody expected him to put up the RB one numbers. Um, I know he was drafted in a lot of leagues as the fifth, sixth running back off the board. Uh, now I think he solely has that crown of dynasty running back one overall. Um, but I will say this kind of a side note. I think if Derrick Henry would have remained healthy, uh, I think we'd obviously have to give the crown to him uh, no doubt. as far as the RB of the year goes. But, you know, you can't, can't be sitting there and discounting Taylor's season just because of an injury. Uh, so going into wide receiver of the year, my wide receiver of the year is none other than Cooper Cup. Uh, like I said, I've already kind of talked a little bit about him, so I'm not going to say much more. But he finished as the overall wide receiver one, and honestly, he looks to continue his dominance as long as Stafford keeps looking his way and they keep eating breakfast together. And so, you know, well, that's pretty much all i got to say about that. Who was yours? Uh, as you've already talked about Debo, I won't add much to him, but I think Debo Samuel, uh, compared to where he was drafted to where he finished, he won a lot of people, uh, you know, championships and, and weeks this year. So Debo Samuel uh, was definitely my wide receiver of the year. All right, so let's move into the tight end category. All right. My tight end was Mark Andrews. And a lot of people uh, throughout the, the end of the year, you know, there was kind of a race there between him and Kelsey to see who would finish uh, on top. Uh, but the thing that Andrews done that Kelsey didn't, Kelsey had a few more big weeks than Andrews did, but what Andrews did is never let you down. Uh, I hate every week he was consistent, uh, you know, putting you up 10 to 12 and most weeks, you know, up into the twenties. Uh, so for me, I think he actually ended up finishing the season fantasy wise as the tight end one. Uh, but that's a guy that I've questioned all throughout. And a lot of it's got to do with Lamar Jackson's quarterback play. And I, I don't know if I've ever owned him on, on any of my teams, but it's a guy that, you know, I've got to – I've probably waited too late to try to go after. Uh, but, you know, Andrews has is, is definitely earned his spot at the top. Absolutely. And I got I to gotta agree with you once more, Marcus. Uh, he was often overlooked going into the season by other tight ends like Pitts, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson. However, Mark Andrews dominated this year, no matter who his quarterback was, whether it was Lamar or Tyler Huntley or whoever. Uh so with it, I 100% agree with you. Uh, Mark Andrews was drafted probably as the tight end four or five uh, in startups last year, but I think he is—he's right up there at number two, number three for me right now. Uh, so this next one's an interesting one. It's going to be the Rookie of the Year award. Uh, this award is for the rookie of 2021 who surprised fantasy managers and gave them fantasy production that nobody saw coming. Uh, they may have risen through the dynasty rankings and outproduced their peers. Basically, who's the rookie who is top dog going forward or the rookie whose value has risen substantially throughout the season because of their production this year? And so with me, I got to go with the wide receiver five on the year, Jamar Chase. Uh, He has made his way to be in a tight race with Justin Jefferson as a dynasty wide receiver one overall. Uh, His connection and chemistry with Joe Burrow is unlike any other that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, I haven't really seen a wide receiver quarterback duo that can end up putting up, what was it, 250 yards, something like that? Yeah, uh, broke, the, broke the rookie rookie uh, single game receiving record. 
Yeah, I want to say he he smashed the the season record as well this year. He did. He did. Uh, the biggest thing about Chase that I'll say though is that he may have a couple of rough games just because of Burrow's inconsistent play some games, uh, but he does have the potential to put up thirty plus points any single week. Uh, so with it, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have Jamar chase in my leagues. Uh, I got him in, I think one right now. Uh, but with it, it'd be hard to get him off of me. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And, and me as well. I done this before we left to go on vacation and after his 54 point performance, whatever it was this week, uh, I would have probably, and I still agree with you. I, I would say that, you know, Chase is, is probably the number one, no doubt. But I did. I went with Najee. Uh, you know, I think for him being a rookie, uh, you know, running back who most of the time the running backs have a have a little, you know, more trouble adjusting. Uh, but, man, he looks like a, a five-year vet uh, there mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, each week going out, doing what he's asked, uh, even – uh, you know, adding adding to the the receptions uh, to his game. You know, as as most fantasy leagues now are PPR. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Najee has got to be up there on the top of a lot of people's list uh, when it comes to rookie. You know, most of them would probably go with Jamar Chase, but but you know, Najee's right there behind him. I think he ended up you know finishing the fantasy season right there around uh, three or four uh, for for the running back. So. Uh, definitely, definitely a great rookie season for Najee. Yeah, if you had that 101 or 102 in Dynasty rookie drafts last year and you went Jamar Chase or Najee Harris, you're pretty happy about that right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, You don't get that kind of production from most rookies. Uh, So moving into our last category, Marcus, who's your fantasy MVP, the player that was the best fantasy player in 2021, the one who fantasy managers were given an edge against the opponents because of their production alone. Uh, I, I think overall, there's no question here. He's the wide receiver one on the year. He's the overall one on the year. And, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, if, if anybody says anything different, uh, you're crazy. <laughs> yep. And I got to agree with you there, man. This, this is, a, like I said, a player that nobody saw coming. Uh, he, this season was actually unlike anything we've ever seen. He went from a wide receiver two in their dynasty team to the wide receiver overall one. Uh, if you have him right now, it's tough to sell him because your price is probably stupid high. And he actually won fantasy managers or championship single-handedly in your side to have him. And so with him, he's my fantasy MVP as well. Uh, but I think that pretty much wraps everything up and ties a bow on it as far as our Legacy of Legends awards. BJ, uh, I've, I've got one more question, and, and we may talk about this as a later date. What's that? In, in, in the real, uh, in the NFL, when it comes to, the the MVP of the league who it's it's kind of you know it's kind of of a division right now but who, who do you got there's three guys that's being talked about with Cooper Cup being one of them who who do you got as and I know they got a week to go in the in the playoffs still but who's who's your MVP of the season right now in the NFL all From right a, so who, who's the three perspective who's the most, three being talked people, about us most people are saying Rogers Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup yeah that's what I thought I was making sure. Uh, honestly, I think Rodgers goes back-to-back here. Yeah. Uh, the reason I do is because he's playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, yeah. I think he has an edge as far as each and every week you can see that the guy is going out there and performing his best. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor may be a close second, in my opinion, uh, just for the fact of the the rushing yards and the touchdowns. I think he actually had more touchdowns than Cooper Cup did all season. Uh, but that as a running back is really, really good. Uh, it's just it's kind of hard for me to give it the cup. I'll be honest with you, even though he's the fantasy MVP. Uh, yeah. As far as just my my take is like if if Woods would have never went down, would Cup have had the season that he did? I mean, yes, True. he was still going off before, but yeah. would that have been continuous? Yeah. Well, and and too, you know, when you come to the the MVP of the league, uh, while all those teams are in the playoff hunt, you know what i always look at you know what what player like if you took cup off the rams would it hurt them absolutely would it really make that big of a difference like which player if you took them off the team that's the way i look at it and maybe maybe that's wrong when it comes to mvp you know jonathan taylor being taken off the colts they're they're not the team that they are but if you take you take that one week that aaron Rodgers didn't play look at the green bay packers mm-hmm. they're not even they're they're 
and I know a quarterback has, you know, got a lot more to do with, with the way that the offense is run. Uh, you know, but you, if you look at the week that he, you know, you, you had Jordan Love under center. It just, and I know I'm a Packers fan. People's going to say I'm looking through rose colored glasses, but, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, somebody else's opinion. I, I've been listening. And of course, I watch Pat McAfee on a, on a daily basis, you know, most of the time, but he, he had Rogers on today. And that's what he said. You know, we've got the, uh, you know, number one seed in the NFC quarterback, the back-to-back MVP and Rogers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's like, Oh no, no, it's back-to-back. It's already, it's a stand. I'm like, uh, <laughs> is it really? Uh, so, you know, I, I hope that's the case. Uh, and I, I just hope the guy continues to play. I'm, I'm a, a huge Packers fan and have been since I was a little boy. Uh, you know, of course that stemmed from a love for Brett Favre, but I don't, I don't, you know, Rogers isn't to me what Favre was, uh, but I, I do like the guy, and I hope he continues to play in Green Bay uh, because the, you know there's going to be success wherever he goes. Yeah, another thing I will say is too is like the Rookie of the Year, the Offensive Player of the Year, and stuff like that. They don't, I don't really care about none of those this year. The one, the one award that I want to see given to a certain player is Defensive Player of the Year. I think that defensive player of the year award needs to go to Micah Parsons, the rookie out of uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that guy, man, he has been playing crazy good this year. And so with it, I would love to see him end up winning that. And, and, and I agree. Uh, he, he's, he's great. And, and this, this is probably, you know, nowhere close to what anybody else is going to say. Uh, but man, TJ Watt is so underrated. Uh, and, and I say that he's a huge name, but he, man, that dude changes the way Pittsburgh plays on defense. And while their defense yeah. is not great, uh, by any means, but like, you know, he, he never stops. Like he's always hustling. And another guy, when he comes out on defense, they can't do the things that they do with, with TJ Watt in there. Uh, just like last night watching them play, uh, you know, he completely disrupted baker mayfield on whatever he was trying to do whether it was rushing him and sacking him or you know just making the smart play and and not even attempting to rush when he knew that baker was going to throw the ball going up swatting it down i mean the dude just he's 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 a monster uh you know and i think jj gets all the credit most of the time uh to where for me watching that jj was a beast don't get me wrong but uh, tj just i don't think he gets the credit he deserves yeah uh I don't think he'll get defensive player of the year by any means, but he, uh, he, he's somebody kind of underrated. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, man, uh, we appreciate you guys for listening to our podcast tonight or today, whenever you listen to it. Uh, I will say this if you guys disagree with any of our takes, if you have any other different choices that you would have given to the awards that we gave out, uh, man, hit us up. Let us know who you, who you would have picked. Uh, who was your fantasy MVP? Who was your rookie of the year? Uh, was it Travis Etienne? Because that didn't work out for you. Uh, just kind of give us some your takes, and uh, we'll we'll kind of have a little conversation there, I guess. Uh, but Marcus, you got anything to say before we close out today's episode? Man, no, no, just just the same. Uh, we would like to hear y'all's takes, and with uh, with the off season coming up, uh, you know, we look to to gear this more around, uh, uh, you know, just common listener instead of stud of our personal league so you know give us some ideas shoot them shoot us some stuff that uh, that you want to hear so uh, we appreciate y'all yep and going in the next week uh we'll do our playoff predictions and so we'll go into pretty much each and every game of playoffs and tell you who we think is going to win and kind of go through our bracket uh plan on having a special guest next week so stay tuned for that uh thank you once again for the support this past week we're able to grow our audience and hope you have as much fun taking a break from everyday life and listen to this podcast as we do. Follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends Dynasty Podcast and Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. You can also give us an honest and genuine five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you so choose. Uh, we look forward to continuing these episodes and putting out good quality content. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>